Welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. We like to bring you the hidden gems on the Roll or Die podcast. We're all about connecting the community at all corners of this great land of ours. Today, we have a guest who many of you may not have heard of, but he's got a really unique story and we're looking forward to sharing that with you. His name is Matt Rice. He's a brown belt out of Victor Harbour and he essentially set up his own gym, Victor Harbour BJJ. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. My pl our pleasure. So first of all, I think Adam Wright introduced you to us. And I want to actually take a moment to like thank Adam, but also to offer any of our other listeners who come across people who have interesting stories to definitely reach out to us on the Roll or Die page because, yeah, we probably wouldn't have heard about you otherwise. Let's, you know, it doesn't, I don't think you're out there crushing, killing and destroying people on the international comp circuit, but you have definitely you've you've filled a need in a community where there wasn't where where there wasn't something available before is that is that right yeah that's absolutely right and thanks to adam as well um he came out right near the start uh, not long after i'd first opened up and so i had a chat to him there and obviously uh he thought my story was um quite interesting um so yeah thanks to him and yeah, there was nothing down in Victor Harbour, BJ, uh, sorry, in Victor Harbour when I started. And through my coach, Tom Davey, um, he said, hey, if you want to do any coaching, how about down your way? Because I lived that way. Uh, he said, there's nothing there. So why don't you get started there? And um, very simply, yeah, I just said, I'm going for it and just started. Yeah, right. And Matt, where exactly is Victor Harbour for our listeners? So it's down the bottom of the Fleurier Peninsula. So we're probably just over an hour south of Adelaide. I'm just zooming out here. Hopefully you guys can see my screen for a moment. Victor Harbour. Yeah. Yep. Oh, there we go. Uh, so Java. yeah, it's about, like, I mean, Anton and I are in Melbourne. So from Melbourne, Melbourne, like an hour is not really too far away, but for the little bit I know about Adelaide, it seems like if, if anything's more than 15 minutes away in Adelaide, people consider it too far. So <laughs> is that considered like quite a bit out of Adelaide for people that are in South Australia? It is a little bit. Um, it's a very touristy town, but it's also referred to as uh, the retirement capital of um, South Australia. So a lot of people go down there, A, to retire, or B, because they want to see change and they want to live down on the south coast. That's great. So do you get a lot of, what's what's the kind of average age of people training at your gym? Uh, so I've got some in their sort of 20s, a few in the 30s and into the 40s as well. So mm. average is probably 30s, late 30s, mm. something like that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. You haven't got hit on too many of those retirees just yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, plenty of them about it, but they all complain they've got one thing or another that for a reason why they can't do it. I did yeah. think about trying to hit them up and do something gentle. You'd kind of lose the the beauty of jiu-jitsu if you do it too but gentle like that. It's all it's all in the marketing though, because doesn't jiu-jitsu translate to the gentle art? So if you just call it the gentle art, the gentle martial yeah. arts, put that everywhere. 
Come on, but we all know what a lie that is, Anton. <laughs> After five minutes on the mat, there's nothing gentle. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of them say they can be able to get up off the ground again. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I think there is a market for it somewhere, but yeah, not maybe not in Victor Harbour to start with. It sounds like you're doing pretty good things there at the moment. So t- tell us that story. How did it how did it come about? So, I a long time ago, I had my first proper full-time job working at a winery and I had a viticulture certificate one um, that I got for free before that and I got this job at a winery. I thought that was great. I can learn a bit about the winery and maybe move into working in the vineyards and I did that for a few years and I thought that's going great. I was enjoying that and then kind of lost my opportunity and my will to want to work and so I stayed in the winery and I ended up staying there um, for 21 years I think it was and most of that time I was like what else can I do where else can I go and just hung on hung on while I was looking for something else and never found anything else to move into so I kind of got really overworking there and um, started jiu-jitsu and a few years in, I was talking to my coach about doing some coaching for him. And he said, hey, why don't you start up a club down in Victor Harbour and, and do it yourself? So how did you how did you find that for, like, you're looking and there's nothing, right? What, what, where did you see jiu-jitsu? Like, what, how did you meet your coach? How did that all, how did that open up for you? Yeah, so um, kind of later at night, um, sitting at home watching TV, um, I hadn't. I used to do a long time ago uh, some tennis and volleyball, mostly tennis growing up, and I hadn't done anything after having kids for about eight years and I was sitting at home watching TV and late at night Bellator came on and so I started watching a bit of mixed martial arts and so after watching that for a little while I thought, you know what, I want to get into something active again and I wouldn't mind a martial art and I saw jiu-jitsu and I thought, I'd prefer to do no striking. That grappling looks a bit more uh, intelligent, I guess. So then I just started looking it up and found my coach's club at Seaford, which for me, where I was working, was only kind of down the road on the way home. So I thought, oh, it's perfect. So I contacted him and a week later, I was in on my first class and, um, yeah, straight in, got hooked. Well, you're the first person who's ever discovered jiu-jitsu on our show through Bellator, not through the UFC. <laughs> So I think I saw like a few um, episodes of UFC and then it stopped on Freeware TV. Mm -hmm. Bellator came on six months before that stopped. Mm -hmm. So I only barely saw a few of UFC and then lost track of that. And when Bellator came on, I tried to watch most of them. Mm -hmm. So I saw most of it through that. Awesome. So go on. So you, you were a blue belt at the time that you started this club up. Is that right? Yeah, it was three stripe blue belt. Yeah. And my coach, How long ago so, was that? Uh, that was 20, 2018. It was, I was supposed to start in January, but it was February, I think, or end of January 2018, I started. Mm-hmm. Was that scary? So, about five and a half years now. Go, go on, Kim. You go. Uh, no, I was going to ask, is that, was that sort of quite ambitious, especially in 2018? You know, I, I sort of imagine dare I say it in like maybe 2008 
starting a club as a blue belt wouldn't have been that unusual because there wasn't that many um, much jiu-jitsu in Australia back then. But in 2018, like there was quite a bit of jiu-jitsu, certainly in Australia. Um, it was, but it wasn't a hard decision for me because I really wanted to get out of the work that I was in and finding something that I loved and thought, you know what, if I get to do that every day, that's going to be amazing. And so my mindset kind of allowed me not to be so scared and actually just say stuff and I'm jumping in. Mm. And it was partly a quote I got from a friend of my coaches, which was, I'd rather have an oh well than a what if. And I thought, you know what, stuff it. I'd rather have that oh well than yeah. wonder the rest of my life, what if I had tried and I never did. So stuff it, I'm doing it and just quit my job and off I went. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think for me, like one of the things which I've, I mean, there's a lot, if you know more jujitsu than your students and you are comfortable with a technique and you can pass it on properly, then that's what they need at the time, right? Because I guess if there's no jujitsu in Victor Harbour and you bring some jujitsu, as long as you stay ahead of them, you can always offer them something, I guess. And, and more importantly, a space to train a great attitude, all of these sorts of things. So yeah, while I guess every, everybody wants a black belt to teach them, it's not always possible. It's not always necessary. I remember when I was in Russia at one point, I was there, it was a few years ago, but there was just no black belts for thousands of kilometers around. The highest level was a purple belt in Russia, you know, in the place that I was in. And I was like, yeah. okay, these guys like that, a full class. Actually, the club was called Black Belt Jiu-Jitsu as well, which was funny. <laughs> what a lie. What a lie. <laughs> but really good guys and they they knew they knew enough jiu-jitsu so it was great you know so yeah so good on you man well um not that i've ever had I'd ever done coaching before but growing up doing a lot of tennis and then volleyball i seemed to pick them up quite well and i was really keen to help other people and coach other people even though i wasn't um for example like a black belt in tennis sort of thing i still enjoyed helping people so mm. when I got into jiu-jitsu and I started learning a bit of that and understanding it a little bit, then I was keen to help people out there as well. And so I think my coach kind of saw it in me. He knew I had the right attitude, the right character for the job. So he was um, keen to support me to get into it. Yeah. And Matt, were you still continue? You said your coach was Tom Davey. Is that right? Yeah, were you still training with him when you first set this up? So you would do your classes and then go and train yourself and then go back and run your club? Yeah, even now, I'm doing four days at Victor Harbour BJJ and I'm doing two days a week still up at um, his gym at Seaford. He's, um, I think I've come across him on uh, YouTube. He's got, he's got a, a pretty big channel with his instructionals. Is, is that the right, Tom David? Yeah, the great friend. That's the one. <clears throat> been amazing support for me, both in jiu-jitsu and as a coach. Is that, that's not Seaford Victoria, is it? That's like Seaford. No, Seaford in, there must be a Seaford in South Australia. Right. Otherwise, it's a really long yes. way from that to it's travel. It's a real long way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. That's on the mid-coast of about half an hour south of Adelaide. Okay. And what's, what's your experience of, of building a club been like? Like, I think Adam said in his message to us, it started out like you were just setting up mats somewhere, packing them down each day, 
you know, you basically it started off real small. So talk, talk a bit about the journey of building a club from nothing, please. So because I'd been an employee and not actually run my own business <clears throat> before, it's been a massive sort of experience having to learn how to run a business and starting the jiu-jitsu club as well as coaching virtually straight away. Um, but I started at the rec centre in Victor Harbour. And because I didn't want to have to pull up and put down all these jigsaw mats or join mats too many together, I ended up getting some roll-out mats because they're much quicker and easier to pull apart and put together. So I'd store them in a shed at the rec centre and come down twice a week, pull them out, do my kids' classes and then adults' classes, then pack them up and just keep doing that. So I did that for probably about 18 months or so until I found a um, permanent sort of residence for me to do the club in. So yeah, I'm just hiring a, another shed. It's got a shop front on it, so it looks quite good. Mm -hmm. um, and in a nice big street. So yeah, I've moved into there and been there since. Yeah, what about the promotion of it? Did you have to, you know, like get publicity to get it happening or did you rely on word of mouth or how did you go about building it up? So to start with, I, I did flyers around the place and I did some of the community pages advertising on Facebook and had a little bit of social media and I started a web, uh, my website up <clears throat> and just kept pushing out there, out there. Um, to start with, it's a lot when you're trying to get into a community and people don't know who you are mm. or even what you're about when it's jiu-jitsu. Um, nowadays, I find that's a lot of word of mouth that I'm getting a lot of good advertising through. So yep. I don't feel like my advertising has to be as much. My Google ads have been working well because I'm the only jiu-jitsu club down there. So anything martial art related, I come popping up straight away. <laughs> so yeah, that works well as well. That's great. And what what was it like? Like like I'm like a lot of people say how hard it was to to get their club going, and there were multiple times along the way where they're like, <clears throat> I don't know if this thing's going to make it. I might have to shut it down. You know, like when you talk, like if you talked about like the first three months, like if you talked about three month blocks, like what was your was it like? Okay, yeah. you had two students for the first three months, and then you had like six, and then it dropped back to three, and then like was it what was it like? It's definitely done that. It's been up and down, up and down so many times, both student numbers and um, my feelings about continuing on. Yeah. Uh, and this, initially at the start, it's hard to get started because I thought there's nothing down here. As soon as people find out about Jiu-Jitsu and Victor Harbour, everyone's going to want to come in and jump in there. And it didn't quite happen like that. It was very slow and I thought, oh, this is going to take a bit longer than I thought. Mm. But I always had in the back of my head, and I still do, that I would rather be doing that than anything else. And so I had to get um, another casual job. So I've been working initially two days a week, then three days, and now it's still just outside of the jiu-jitsu, uh, just to keep income coming in. And my family's been a massive support. Um, they haven't once told me to stop, let it go and move on. Um, I know times have been quite tough financially, but I love it so much and I believe in it so much and what I can do in the community that I just want to keep going and keeps driving right. me forward. <clears throat> Every time someone comes in, the next one is the next one. And yeah, just keep looking forward. Amazing, yeah. man. Amazing. Kim and I were just talking about this before this show started. 
but like there has to be another reason than just money to teach jujitsu most of the time because let's face it a lot of us can make more money elsewhere you can't can't go into it to make money i don't think anyone would be able to do that yeah me you're gonna love it and enjoy what you're doing yeah so the other part of it for me is after i started it was later on that i realized that this is potentially something really good for the community and so that's helped drive me as well um if i can get more and more people to experience jiu-jitsu and get some confidence out of it and sort of learn how to enjoy life a bit more and um i think it's a lot better for the community so i'm super keen to get more and more people in just to help as many as i can good man matt um we're a little bit of the way in, but I probably should have said this earlier on. I don't know if, if you can check your settings. I don't know if it's on my end only. That sometimes your audio is kind of a little bit shaky, a little bit yeah. cutting out. Are you using Wi-Fi or just your phone? Um, so I'll just have maybe my phone internet. It may just be where <laughs> I am. Yeah. Yeah. That, if, if you don't mind, we just don't want to miss any of the the news. I mean, it's, the goodness. It's okay, but it's the a big bit. Tricky. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right, Kim. We should have raised it earlier, but having said that, I feel like we've been, we've been getting the goodness. So for anyone who's listened so far from our listeners, thank you so much because obviously what Matt is sharing is incredibly valuable, and we will probably even maybe maybe Theo can run a little audio filter over the top and smooth this out maybe he maybe. may not be able to so sometimes he curses me afterwards for <laughs> saying, and so now i have to say please can you get the audio right at this time? So, so Sorry, i don't know if you can move location matt within where you are or or whatever to i'll see if i can move a little bit if you don't mind uh, sorry uh, we, we have technical issues all the time our listeners yeah. should be yeah, well versed yeah. with this but yeah i just want to make sure because yeah it's a great story we don't want to kind of yeah. miss any of it is also yeah. so well, now we get shop. to see multiple areas of your house as well brother so that's right <laughs> yeah. this is what a victor harbour house looks like everybody <laughs> oh wow look at Beautiful. that wow now we oh, wish yeah. we were there is that a massive that's water great. tank out the back <laughs> i'm looking at the sky that's beautiful, beautiful <laughs> nice. so how like your your own progression right because another thing kim and i were talking about is when you teach like for me it enhances my jiu-jitsu. For Kim, it doesn't enhance her jiu-jitsu as far as she's concerned. Like I didn't she... say that. I didn't say that. No, it does. It definitely helps. Okay. But sometimes because you're teaching, you don't have the time to train yourself. Was what Actually, I mean. that's, so, yeah. yeah. More importantly, it cuts into your training. So it probably impacts your like fitness, right, Kim? Yes. That, that's what you're talking about. Not your skills, but your... Yes, so, thank you. Yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, my yeah. my yeah. bad. But yeah, so Matt, how have you Very found phrased. teaching all the time impact your own jiu-jitsu journey <clears throat> well i've definitely found both um teaching definitely helps because it forces you to um, cement in your mind what you're actually doing what you're teaching and how you do it and when you do it and why you do it all those sort of things but then i i do feel also it does cut into your own training time and so i need to even before and after my classes sometimes i grab a student say hey can i borrow you for a few minutes and most of the time they're happy to help out because they get to do um, some learning alongside me. Yeah. And so I can do a little bit that way. And I jump in quite regularly with my classes to do rolling at the end with the guys. So I still get to use them to practice some stuff as well. So it definitely does eat into your time a little bit, but I do find it also helps. So um, I think anyone that wants to learn more probably should do some form of teaching. 
even if it's um, just tiny little bits every now and then, um, I think it definitely helps because when you go to teach something and you go, oh, hang on, what am I doing here? You naturally do it physically, but to then explain it to someone, you need to think, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? How am I doing it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think both applies. And I also think I add to that, that everyone should pack up, set up and pack up jigsaw mats at least once in their jiu-jitsu journey because that, you can't say you're a true jiu-jitsu practitioner until you've done that. <clears throat> that. That is a bitch having to do that. I can and you've you got that. to have a very, very neurotic coach who wants the jigsaws stacked a certain way, this way to <laughs> that way, and then around this way. And if it's not that way, they're going to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> You I haven't lived until you've loaded some jigsaw mats onto those things. Yeah, oh, I'm having PTSD from it now. Um, I wanted to ask you, Matt, about the students that do come in, the, the beginners. Like, I'm in Melbourne. It's a big city. So most of the time when people come in, they sort of know about what jiu-jitsu is. Or they, they don't really fully know. They've seen it, you know, on the UFC or an MMA or whatever. Do your new students know what jiu-jitsu is when they come in or are they not? I do get both. I get quite a few that know what it is. Have been watching it um, for quite a while, normally through, like you said, mixed martial arts or UFC. Um, some of them might look up some jiu-jitsu competitions or something to see what it looks like. Um, but I do get a few that come in, <clears throat> excuse me, that have no idea. They've just looked up martial arts and Victor Harbour and they've gone, oh, there's one. I'll see what that's about. And they come in and they go, well, we do no striking. It's all grappling, wrestling around on the ground. And they go, oh, okay. So they jump in and have a class, and most of the time they love it. That's awesome. interesting. They're going, yeah. I, I actually, now that I think about it, from someone who doesn't know anything about martial arts, they think they're coming to a martial arts class. Yeah, it's it must be really weird for them to hear that there's no striking. Like, like I guess yeah. there's still people out there, quite a few people out there who don't know that about jujitsu. Yeah, if they haven't looked it up previously, they don't know and they don't understand until they get into it and then they go, oh, okay. Um, but I'd normally recommend for people just to jump straight in. Don't think mm -hmm. about it. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Just jump in because your coach is there to look after you. The other students are there to look after you. Uh, most clubs are going to be um, pretty good, I think. Do you have any way of, of explaining Can that? Yeah, do you have any way of explaining that to them now, though? Because... Like to me, if I if I came there expecting I was going to be doing kicking and punching and getting what I've just seen on Netflix when I was watching that, you know, spin-off of Karate Kid, whatever. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. You know, <laughs> if I've watched Cobra Kai and I'm coming in and you're like, we just get on the ground, like, is it gonna is it gonna sound cool? Or do you have a way of explaining it? You just say we just get on the ground and roll around. That's what you say. I I do I do explain it by saying that when you strike there's potential for both parties to get damaged even if you're the one doing the damage you're still going to take some damage via your hands fists legs whatever you're using whereas grappling there's a lot less damage and obviously that's why they call it a gentle art because we're not striking so you can you might get bruises or something but if you can control someone well enough that's sort of as bad as it gets so for me i sort of explain it that way mm. and that's why it's more gentle because you're physically controlling someone with your whole body not just with your fists and hands or legs mm. so yeah, I, I 
I normally just sort of encourage them that way and say, look, there's no striking. We're just grappling. We're using our bodies. It's in weird ways, and that's why it works well. It's very foreign to everyone. Um, so, yeah, jump in. And normally once they do, they start to sort of go, oh, okay, this is what it's about. Mm. Um, cool. And most people love it straight away. Some obviously go a little bit hard on their first night and then go, oh, I can't <laughs> do this. It's too hard. And I just keep telling them, settle down, slow down. You're only here to learn, not here mm. to beat each other up. <laughs> so yeah we try and slowly introduce them that way great and matt what's the what's the spread of your timetable like do you have like equal kind of gi and no gi or is it more of a no gi club i know adelaide has a pretty big no gi scene or what's what's your setup yeah the no gi scene's definitely growing a lot more and i, I kind of feel that's because it's easier for people to, to get into and um, they can just turn up in whatever they're wearing and jump straight in um so when I started, Professor Tom was teaching gi in the winter and no gi in summer. Because of our summers are warm and the winters are, are cold, it was easy just to do it that way. And so I started doing that when I um, went down to Victor Harbour. He's since changed to doing both gi and no gi on most days. Um, but I'm still doing gi in the winter and no gi in the summer. So I separate them. I do enjoy both myself, but I'm separating them as far as teaching them down there. Hmm. I've never heard of that before. That's amazing. I actually love the idea of immersing myself in one for a whole half a year and then the other for a half a year. I think that's really interesting. Well, it does yeah. make it easier because instead of trying to do both and trying to wrap your head around grips and no grips, I find you really can learn more in one than you swap. And you get a couple of weeks where you go, oh, no, what am I doing? And then you get back into the other one again. I know some people like to do one or the other, but I enjoy both, so I like to teach both. How does that work then for the new students that come in in the gi season? Do they pretty much, do you have like loaner gis that they can borrow? Um, sometimes I do. For the most part, I'll have a no-gi technique alongside the gi technique. I mean, you're teaching beginners. Um, we don't have to have them all in the gi on day one. Um, ideally, sooner the better. But there are techniques we can teach them right at the start that are similar to the gi techniques, but we just use no gi grips. And I get them, excuse me, started that way. And then if they enjoy it and they keep coming in, then I have a chat to them about getting a gi and, and getting in. Mm. Yeah, and they find sense. a massive difference. That's brilliant. So if you could go back in time and you could do it all again, like what would you do differently? Oh, good question. Um, probably not too much. There'd be a few small details maybe I'd change. and um, But I think the way I've done it's been not too bad for me. Um, I'm, I've been a real introvert my whole life. And so to put yourself out there and just be in front of people and say, look, I've got this. I think it's good for you. Do you want to do it? Um, that's, it's kind of hard, but like I said earlier, I just love jiu-jitsu and just want to do jiu-jitsu. So I wanted to um, give everyone else the love that I've got of jiu-jitsu. And so hopefully they enjoy it and they get a lot more out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Um, we're nearly out of time. Do you have any, any final words for our listeners? Any parting thoughts? Um, only just 
enjoy your jiu-jitsu. And lately I've been hearing quite a lot from some people that have been in jiu-jitsu a lot longer than me in decades and decades in jiu-jitsu, just saying, train less, train longer. There's so many people that get in, they want to compete from day one, they end up getting burnt out or broken, <coughs> then they leave jiu-jitsu and they just don't really get the benefits that jiu-jitsu has to offer. I think mm. there's a lot more than just learning how to handle yourself, learning how to fight um, that jiu-jitsu can offer, and it takes time to learn those things and, and get the most out of it. So, um, yeah, enjoy it. Don't burn yourself out. Don't work too hard. If you can, good, but just be mindful. If you want to do it forever, you've got to look after your body. So That's um, beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. That's <laughs> very inspiring. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you very much for giving up your time, Matt. It, it took us a little while to get this to happen, but I'm so glad that we did. So I know you're not big on social media, but if you could uh, share this onto your platform, that would be fantastic to help grow our audience. And we hope our listeners have enjoyed uh, getting to know you a bit more. I know I sure have. So you will have this out in a couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, we look forward to hopefully anybody that's ever down to Victor Harbour, Go check out Victor Harbour BJJ, meet Matt and his team. And um, yeah, thanks very much for giving up your time. Absolutely. And it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah, it doesn't go unnoticed, man, that you're an introvert and you've come on the show. You've done a podcast. That's a big deal, man. You know, I appreciate you putting putting yourself on the line and you were great. We all, we, you know, we learned a lot. Kim and I have heard things, I'm sure, in this podcast we've never heard before. So thank you so much for sharing yourself. You. It's really, really valuable and uh, with our yes. listeners as well. Cheers. And all those other introverts that I keep asking to come on the podcast, take a listen and see what Matt's done. And you you can do the same too. Absolutely. I'm yeah, always just... getting knocked back for guests to come on. But thank you, Matt, for accepting our <laughs> offer. And um, yeah, we look forward to meeting you in person, hopefully one day. Yeah, same. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you very much.